0: of the Lord. Happy Sunday everybody. Oh, being so quiet today. You all were shouting and rotating and everything last week. Hallelujah. I told you not to leave your shout at home. Do we have to do it again? How many of you saw that video on Facebook of y'all? My Lord. Anybody see it? Me? Okay. It was something to see. You all were shouting so loud they couldn't hear me, and I thought that's just awesome. Amen. Even with a microphone, you all outdid me, and that was just good to see. Hallelujah. Praise God. Such good things happening and great things, and pray you were blessed last week. I know we're missing lots of people today. We miss you. We love you. God bless you, and uh, just excited to see what God will do. He was moving last Sunday. Glory to God. Tuesday night, my God. He gave you the word Tuesday. I mean, some of y'all left and were like, "Mm mm-hmm. That was a download. Yes. My goodness. If you're finding out whose you are, who he is, Your place in the kingdom of God. Amen. Hallelujah. How faithful daddy is. Mm Mm-hmm. My, my, my. I won't say much about it, but you have to watch it if you're on Facebook or wait for it to air on TV. Hallelujah. It was good, though. Mom even called and testified. She was watching at home and uh, glory to God she said I knew that was my son but she said it was like something else was happening or something like that I forget what exactly she said uh she said it was like I knew that was you but I didn't recognize that it was you or something is all that was being poured out hallelujah the time that we are in God's getting you ready I believe that. And and something I said Wednesday night was, it has arrived. Come on, if those of you that were here, you should you, you know what I mean. It has arrived. Amen. A lot of the things that we've been praying about, believing God for, there's just a, a shift in the atmosphere, a, a shift in that uh, even as we go through the word of God today in this series that I've been trying to do. And we endeavor to, to look into faith even more. I couldn't get away from it. I was going to try to just move on and whatever, and I couldn't get away from it. And then the Lord, and I didn't plan this message until yesterday. And then the Lord said, give me the word, bring your bucket. And I said, I said, God. And I remember I preached once a, a during an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, I forget where it was, and I titled it or something, Bring Your Bucket, and it was something completely different, but this is a word on faith. And so when we go into this word today, I'm going to tell you if you hadn't brought a bucket, you probably wish you had. Because I brought mine. Uh huh. Compliments of Lowe's. Uh Uh-huh. See, last week, uh, Sister Bernita and... uh, Glory to God. Sister Brenda, they made you little uh, things that you can tangibly hang on to, you know, about the mustard seed. You know, I've got a mustard seed in... I'm not afraid to use it. Did you all forget already? I've got a mustard seed, and I'm not afraid to use it. And so it's something for you to grab a hold of and remember when things get tough. And so you might even have to get yourself a bucket by the time we're through today. And, and you have to be patient because you're not going to understand the bucket until right at the end. Because that's just how I planned it. Hallelujah. But some things are happening and so if whatever you are facing, get yourself your mustard seed if you have to on your card or in your vow, and hang on to it and don't be afraid to use it and, 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 and throw it at the mountain. Amen. Because if you have just a faith the size of a mustard seed, you can speak to the mountain and tell it to move from here to there and it will move. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So we're going to. Continue on faith because I just can't get away from it. I think God's trying to elevate you and raise some of you to a place where you will finally be able to believe what God has said about you and to you that you can receive it. Hallelujah. Say, it's my time. time. Yeah. It's my time. This is it right now. That's why when I said it has arrived, I almost preached that. I told you all Tuesday night. I was going to preach. It has arrived because God started stirring me things while I was preaching to you. There was something brewing in my mind. And and I almost went there, but the Lord wouldn't let me get away from this. And so I need you to get your Bibles. If you have them, if not, you can uh, maybe look on the screen and we'll put it up for you. Hebrews chapter 11. I know it's familiar, but trust me when I tell you, you've not heard nothing yet. Oh, Hallelujah you've not heard anything yet hebrews chapter 11. let me grab my bible praise god while you're getting ready look over at your neighbor because i got to keep you all active look over your neighbor and say neighbor did you bring your bucket Oh, thank you, Jesus. Uh huh. I'm telling you. I almost went and bought you all a bunch of um sand buckets, you know, the kids use. Almost. Hallelujah. You gonna rush over to Dollar General and get some right after church, I just know. You might have to sit it with your mustard seed. Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 11. I want to begin in verse 1. We're going to read just the first couple of verses. This is so familiar, but I'm telling you, by the time we're through today, you should be able to receive and believe God for all the things that you have struggled to in the past and that that you are just going to be in a position to receive. I believe that. If If you'll just allow yourself right now to to get yourself focused upon this word and what he wants to pour into you. I'm telling you, this is a day of 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 complete shift and change for you. Hallelujah. It's it's that good. I mean, it's that good. I almost thought, Lord, this is better for Tuesday night cuz I can teach it. And and but I I couldn't get away from it. So here it is. All right. Let's just pray, Father, in the name of Jesus before we ever go any further. Father, I pray that you would Just surround this place that God you would fill it with your presence and that Lord your anointing God would be released over this time and this moment to bring your word. God, anoint my lips today and anoint and release your anointing over our ears to receive the very spirit of every person to receive your word today. That God, even if we don't have a physical bucket, that we've got something, something God, today to use when we wrap up this word today, that God will be able to receive what you have for us. Now move as only God you can. Minister, pour out and touch your people through this time. I will give you glory, honor, and praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Hebrews 11, look at verse 1. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen for by it the elders obtained a good testimony oh we'll get to that verse 3 by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible Uh uh-huh so everything that is tangible right now, everything that you can reach out and touch, everything that is relatable to you that you can pick up, uh, that, that, that you can hold, touch, it did not start, what, what it's saying is it did not start from the physical realm. Everything. You can reach out and touch the chair in front of you. Guess what? It didn't start in the physical realm. The clothes that you are wearing, it did not start in the physical realm. I'm going I'm to mess with you. Some of you are like, you have lost your mind. Just hang on. This is how I know we are way screwed up in the church about what we understand faith to be. It did not start anything that is tangible, that is touchable. It did not start in this physical realm. Everything starts in the spirit. I'll come back to that, but it first has to become an idea. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Glory to God. Let me just first say, this is why the enemy wants to attack your mind. This is why the enemy wants to attack your spirit. Because that that that, that is really the birthing room where everything will materialize in your life. Did you hear what I said? It is in your mind. It is deep within your spirit. That is the birthing room where everything that will materialize in your life will start there. Y'all you know, look at me like I'm crazy. All of it starts right there. Where the mind goes, the man goes. And so the enemy is strategic about, I've heard people say that the enemy is after your faith. Nope. Something more specific than that that we're about to get to. Because oh. if, if he can, if he can uh, 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 attack it, you won't have to worry about your faith. Hallelujah, let's move on, uh, by, uh, verse four. By faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous. God testifying of his gifts, and through it, he being dead still speaks, my God. By faith, verse five, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony, that he pleased God. I hear some of y'all. That he what? That he pleased God. Now look what you just read. It says that, that, that Enoch pleased God by what? By faith. See, we, 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 we should live holy and pure lives, but guess what? That isn't what it says pleased God. It was faith. Uh, don't, don't get my words twisted, what I'm trying to say here. I'm saying what pleased God was faith. Yes, we should live pure lives, but that's not what it says pleased God. Yes, we should come into the house of God and give him praise, but that doesn't say that's what pleased him. We can come in here and clap hands. Yes, we can. But it doesn't say that's what pleased him. It says that faith pleased God. Oh, thank you, Jesus. The only thing that's pleasing God is faith. Look at verse six. We'll stop with it. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is you got to believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. Will you say this? Say faith. I've got it. Because I am wet already under here, Hallelujah! Say it again. Say faith. faith I've, got it. I've got it. Hallelujah! I, I can't delay much, so let's let's roll. Uh, uh, this is this is an interesting time in the text where uh, so so much is really happening. The early church is is, is facing uh, some different turmoil and all kinds of. Uh, religions are, are, are even raised up and in opposition to even the early church and so much is happening and and so uh, this text comes as a, in, at an interesting time and i i would love and, and it'd be great to be able to lay out some of the some of the specifics of the time that 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 the text is is really written in but but i don't really I I I don't want to take the time to to do that this morning, even though I had planned to. But how many of you have ever realized how and, 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 and in your own life seen how God will sometimes wait to move in your life until you wear yourself out? Yeah no. So it's almost like God just steps back while you worry and you operate in fear and you and I try to do everything on our own. And then finally, when you come to the end of yourself and you say, that's it, God, I don't know what else to do. God, if you don't do something and God says, okay, sure, I'll step in now because you quit trying, right? And so sometimes God will just stand back and watch and you and I wear ourselves out. Yeah. And then we finally come before God, bawling and crying and exhausted and tired and weary and worn. And that's because you did it to yourself. Sometimes we'll even try to be spiritual about it and we'll blame the devil about it. But that was all you. That was all you in your fleshly self. Yes. You, you, you. I could, I could tarry there, but I, I, I won't because I don't have the time. I know y'all want to eat, uh, uh, but, but we, we, we do. We wear ourselves out and then God will step in. But see, you and I need to learn what real faith is. That's what you're going to find out today. What real faith is. Real faith is really you and I surrendering, saying, God, whatever you want to do. That we'll, we'll get our remo- remove yourself from planning your life. I mean, you know, I always have uh, uh, something brewing or something going as a plan or a purpose or whatever, but really it's all about him. God, you'll open the door. God, you'll shut the door when you do. I'm not going to kick one in. I'm not going to force this thing through. If you don't want it, that's all right. God, I'm good. You know, that's the way that which you guys, you, you and I all have to be able to live. That's living a life, life of faith. You're just taking your hands off it and going with whatever God gives and with whatever God takes away. Hallelujah. Yeah. Some of y'all people try to leave your life and you're clinging on to them. And you you do not recognizing the blessing that God has given you. He's trying to remove the trash from your life and here you are crying that it's leaving. Right? I mean, oh, hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. I'll just leave that alone. I'll leave it alone. Yes. He, he, Hebrews 11 it it it's really reminds you and I that it, it's reminding you now that all through Scripture, people have been moved by faith. And what Hebrews eleven really does is it reminds us that faith cannot be confined or contained. Mmm, that faith is something that never goes out of style. I know our outfits do. Things come and go and are fashionable and then they're not, right? As quick as you buy something that's in style, it's out of style. It's gone, right? But faith is one of those things in the church that it never goes out of style. All through the word of God, we see faith. Moses had to have faith. Faith even existed long before Moses. Faith faith always was faith still it still just is are you hearing me faith is really a common denominator i want to i want to get to this because it's really important faith is really a common denominator all as everywhere you look and read through scripture what is common among uh, uh, from genesis to revelation is faith all right it's common what is common in this place among all of us is faith Hallelujah. It doesn't matter how smart the person next to you is compared to you. The one thing you have in common with everybody, this is what I love about God. This is what I love about the message of faith that I believe we have missed in the church is that God has designed the the, the gospel in such a way. He's designed even the, the whole purpose and potential of what faith can do in your life. And God has enabled faith to, to be a common denominator, that it's a level playing field. You can have a doctorate and be next to genius. And guess what? Uh, you, all you need to be able to receive what God has for you is faith. You could have never graduated middle school, but all you need to be able to receive from God is faith. Oh, is you starting to catch on to where I might be going, hallelujah. Doesn't matter our IQ. Doesn't matter how intelligent I am. Doesn't matter my level of education. We all have equal access to faith. Are you starting to hear me? Oh, hallelujah. See, it excites me. We have this idea in the church that only the, the people with a title, aha, uh-huh, only the people who 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 are standing up in the front or whatever, they got more faith. People have that idea, preacher, I need you to pray for me because I need God to touch me. Yeah, he'll move through me, but where is your faith? You've got equal access as I do. Are you hearing me? Amen. that That's who God is. We talk a lot about equality in our nation, but really God laid this out in the word of God that we are able to come to him equally. Doesn't matter our gender, doesn't matter our life experience, doesn't matter our uh, IQ, doesn't matter what we've been exposed to. Each of us can come to God equally the same as the rest. You can be the king of Saudi Arabia or the president of the United States, or you can be me and we all have equal access to God. Don't you just love that about God? That's how awesome he really is. Amen. We don't have to be nothing special. I, I didn't have to graduate kindergarten. Amen. Come on, some of us had struggled there, you know. Glory to God. Don't judge me. I was colorblind, all right? That's why when I don't match, that's why, friends. Don't judge me. I didn't know what color it was. I'm telling you the truth, Austin. Mom, am I telling the truth? Thank you. That's why I have to write on the inside of my shirts and ties so I know what goes. Are you hearing me? Hallelujah. I know. Now they're really laughing. Take him to the dry cleaner. Hey, you know, can you rewrite on there? Because it's starting to come off. Hallelujah. So sometimes I get dressed by... Faith. You know, <laughs> keep it up, Brenda, keep it up. Or oh, not right, All right. hallelujah. Keep it up, we're gonna eat your cooking by faith. So hallelujah, I get dressed by faith, amen, amen. I won't tell y'all why she told me it's so good, so you are eating it by faith. <laughs> I'm only joking, maybe. Faith is a common denominator uh, th- this is why uh, sometimes those of us who have been around or been 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 exposed to things and ways in which God moves or or maybe we've been exposed because we are we, we're maybe a little bit more intelligent or we're exceptionally smart, or we've been exposed to some ways in which God has moved. This is why sometimes we get frustrated with God. We easily get frustrated with God because in some small way, somewhere in the back of our, in our belief system, we almost have this idea that God, I should be compensated because of the level of intellect that I have about your word. I know this because I've had to evaluate my own heart. Oh, boy, it got quiet. You're judging me again. Because sometimes based on what we know and what we've been exposed to, we think we deserve certain things just like we do with our spouse. with People in our family, the things that we know, the things that we're exposed to, we almost expect they should treat us better than people who don't. That's not always the case. So sometimes we'll get frustrated because we know so much and we know how God wants to move. And yet we get frustrated sometimes when we're, when we're, when we're, we're we're not seeing him move and we get frustrated in the midst of trying to operate and walk in faith. But see, God wants you and I to understand it's all about faith. Remember from two weeks ago, I've got a mustard seed and I'm not afraid to use it. All right. Let me put it another way. I've heard people say things like, They'll look over at somebody and like, how can a woman that looks like that get a man like that? Am I the only one? I'm I'm talking about an ordinary. So you and I'll be driving down the road. We're at an event. We're like, every single person's like, how? I ain't that bad looking. Did you see her? How in the world can she land a man that looks like that? And some of you men are like, I don't know how. Are you following me? I'm trying to be as nice as I can. You know, some people aren't as pretty as others, all right? I know we're all made in the likeness of the image of God, but sometimes I've said, God. I'm glad, I'm glad some of you let me be honest because you think it now, just because I've said what you've been thinking all the time. Uh, all us single folk, we're we're out and going about, we're with everybody else who's got somebody, and we're walking around, and we're like, now why is it? God, I can't be as ugly as that. And and how come they're able to land something that looks as good as that? My Jesus. Right? I, I have a point I'm trying to get to, I promise. And so we'll say things like that, you know, God, why can't I get someone that looks like that? But see, this is this is where faith comes in. This, remember when the Bible says it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord. See, it's a faith thing. It's about your mustard seed. See, this is, see, I always bring it back to something spiritual. Thank you. It's a faith thing. It's a mustard seed. You know, so we got to ask the question, how do I get it? Right you and I might ask that question. We might be one of those people. How did somebody like that get somebody like that? It's a faith thing. They had the faith to believe God for what they saw for themselves, what God said for them in the word. And so they were able to receive it. Are you hearing me? It didn't matter that you and I might look at them and be like, Oh Jesus, uh, you know, and pray for a plastic surgeon to enter their life. We might pray that, but they received exactly what they were praying for. Are you hearing me? because they had the faith to receive it. They had faith, the grain of a mustard seed. They went to God and said, God, I know. I, I, I'm not the the, the the number 10 that came out of your factory. God, I know I'm not the best looking of them all, but God, I know in your word that when you said you'd give me a man of valor or a, a woman of valor, that God, there, you have them set before me. God, I thank you that it's gonna be a virtuous woman. God, I thank you. And they, you start praying that and in faith, God will send that person to you, amen? And so it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by his spirit, says the Lord. That's how it happens. You and I need to be able to, to, to see. Be on some of the things that trip us up. See, faith is way more than just willpower. In other words, faith is more than you and I, I I know some people Christians were rushing out trying to play the lottery last night. Hallelujah. And so you you were going around and you were rushing to get your ticket to win half a billion dollars. And so you'll be like I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe. I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe. I believe. I believe. I believe some of you are even probably in church today. God, I'm still believing. I'm still believing the numbers on it's going to change. I believe, I believe, I believe. Uh-huh. Y'all giving yourself away. But that's not faith. That is you having faith in faith. Oh. We'll get to it. It's you having faith in faith. But the Bible says, have faith in God. Have faith in God. So in other words, faith is God, whatever you want to do. God, if my enemy wins that, oh, I'll give you praise. Oh, see, what is this? What is this? Y'all not shouting. Austin, they're not shouting. If your in-laws win it, God, I'll give you praise because I know they ain't going to give me a dime. Hallelujah. Yes, they'll watch me suffer, right? Come on. If my neighbor wins it, God, I'll give you praise. See, that is having faith in God. Lord, whatever it is you decide is best for me, I'll give you praise. That's you and I having faith in God. See, sometimes we're just trying to tell God what to do and we're trying to say that that's faith. No, it's you having faith in what faith is that we've come up with. But it says have faith in God. Lord, whatever it is that you decide is best. God, however it is you see this working into my life, God, however you see this person either entering or exiting my life, I'm going to, I'm going to accept it. I'm not going to run after him. I'm not, I'm not going to try to make something fit that doesn't, that no longer fits in my life. Amen. I've often said you and I try to put a band-aid on a broken arm. God, whatever it is you want to do, I'm okay with. I'm not going to try to force what no longer fits into my life. I have faith in you. Are you still with me? Because watch this, faith has nothing to do without hope. Oh, faith has nothing to do without hope. Watch this, you can have all the faith that you you want, but but if you don't have hope, you can't do anything. I'm gonna prove it to you. It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. So in order for faith to work, you got to have hope. We got to know the difference. Don't get lost. We're getting to the good part. Faith has nothing to do without hope. Remember, I said faith is the common denominator because Jesus said, remember when Jesus said, unless you come, uh, unless you become like a little child, you shall not inherit the kingdom of God, right? Unless you become like a little child, you and I cannot inherit the kingdom of God. In other words, God has reduced it down that faith is the lowest common denominator. In other words, you and I can be illiterate and we can still believe. I thank God for that. He's reducing it down. He's saying you don't have to have the smarts. You don't have to have riches. You don't have to have wealth. You don't have to drive a certain kind of car. All you have to do is believe. All you have to do is, is, is have faith. You might not know how to read, but you can believe. Are you hearing me? Some of us are no good at reading or math or something else. Some of us just were terrible students. But he's saying, I don't care about that. All you have to be able to do is believe. All you, all, all you really need to be able to receive from me, your heavenly father, is Faith. So he makes it reduced down to that, the the common denominator, hallelujah. I'm thankful that we can be illiterate and we can still believe in him. I'm thankful. Think of it this way. You you and I can get sick with something and a really smart, rich person can get sick with something. All right. Both of us can. But does the smart, rich man have an advantage over you and I when it comes to miracles? No. No. Cause it's just faith. All right. It, it, w- because when it comes to miracles, it's just about and by faith. Doesn't matter how rich they are. Doesn't matter how smart they are. Are you starting to hear what I'm trying to tell you? That it doesn't matter a person's status and stature in this life. Sometimes we look at people and we hold them at higher esteem when it comes to them. I've seen people that are afraid to pray for certain people because they're, they're, they're wealthier or they, they know more or because they got some big long title or because of where they went to school. All of that is means nothing when it comes to you and I going before God. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that you gave me a level playing field with the most intelligent people in the world that I can just still come to you and believe. Thank you, Lord, because remember a couple weeks, all I need is a little bit. He said all I need is a little bit. All you need is a mustard seed. A uh, faith the size of a mustard seed. He said you and I can speak to the mountain. See, that's what's great about the word of God as he is saying, "Hey Adam, you you don't have to be smart. You don't have to be uh, the most intelligent. All you need is just a little bit of faith." And if you have a little bit of faith, you can come to me and then you can you can pray and ask and you will receive it. And all you need is a little bit. Are you following what I'm trying to tell you? Hallelujah. Praise God, just a little bit. Nothing else matters. None of it matters. Hallelujah. He reduced it down to faith, reduced it all down to faith. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Even throughout the Old Testament, Paul, even in Romans, talked about how the Jews and their ancestry and all of these things. And, and the Bible says it's about as valuable as dung. It didn't matter who they were. It didn't matter where their, where their ancestors came from because it, it doesn't mean anything. All right. Then uh, 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 they talked about even some of the Gentiles and how perverted that they were and, and all the things that were wrong with them. And Even, even then in the word of God, it, 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 he said it didn't mean anything didn't matter what their history, whether it was good or bad. He was saying it, it didn't matter because God equalized the playing field and brought it all down to faith. So it didn't matter if they had an ugly past like some of us, or it didn't matter if, if, if they had some great ancestry in their name. But Paul looks at them both and says, it, it doesn't matter because it really comes down to a place of faith. If you have the faith to believe, that's what God, that's what the Hebrew says, that that's how you and I please God. When it comes for you and I to be able to go before God, he always he's really looking for is for you and I to be a people of faith hallelujah still with me thank you we're going somewhere see what I believe as I was reading over Hebrews 11 and meditating on is I really believe that what God is wanting to do what God is getting ready to do in your life you and I's life is totally illogical are you hearing what I'm saying That what God wants to do in our lives, that that he wants to do things that make no sense. God wants to be able to move in our lives to where there is no rationale with it. God wants to move in your life in, in ways in which you don't have a background for. He wants to provide things for us. And God needs you to understand that it's a faith thing, that it's all about that mustard seed, just have an, an, enough faith, just the size of a mustard seed. Even if you have more than that, he says, all you really need is just faith the size of a mustard seed. Hallelujah. But the problem with you and I receiving the promises of God is that sometimes some of the things that God has promised you and I that he has said in his word that we've heard through prophetic means is that sometimes those things that God promises us seem illogical, seem almost impossible, seem too big for us to receive. In other words, God has exposed you and I to some things and it scares us. God tries to use you and I in ways and it scares us. And so we kind of think, oh, that's not for me. And so we'll take a back seat to somebody else or we'll believe that's not for now or we think maybe we've missed God. It hasn't shown up yet, but maybe it's just that we haven't dared to have the faith for it enough because we think it's too big for who we are. Remember, I said, faith is not about how smart you are or what you have or what you possess or how much is in the bank. Faith is, is the common denominator. It doesn't matter any of those other things. God's not looking at your bank account. He's not looking at your level of education. He's looking at whether or not you have faith enough to receive what he's promised to you. Are you hearing me? That's why the Bible says that all of his promises are yes and amen. Or yes, and so they shall be, because he's saying all of my promises are available to all of you. But what you need to have is the faith to receive it. Amen. I've got faith enough to receive it. Let me put it another way. God has promised me several things and given things and even provided visions for things for the ministry that at times in the past have scared me. because they seemed way too big, way too much, way beyond the ability or means or all of those things. And so at times it has scared me. And then God reminds me uh, and, and, and caused me to think about King David. Do you remember David? In the word, amen. amen. Lois remembers. Think about David Every time God begins to tell you something or you receive a prophetic word and it seems bigger than where you are right now, we're almost afraid to believe God for it because it's bigger than our means. It's supposed to be. That's what should get you working towards it and striving for it and believing for it. If it met your checkbook, then you wouldn't need faith for it. So it's, there's, there's, in some ways it should scare you because you can't do it on your own. So it needs to scare you from trying to do it on your own. So you need to have the faith to believe God for it. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. And so, but if, so when you and I get, get a word or we have something that we're believing God for that seems bigger than us, you need to be reminded of King David. Think about how, how did God make a shepherd boy king? God chose a shepherd boy who had no background, who had no education, who had no protocol. His father was a peasant, the Bible says. He had not been trained or prepared to be king at all. But what God did say is he said, I found a man after my own heart. Why? Because for it is not by might, it is not by power, but it is by my spirit, says the Lord. I'm gonna keep saying that over and over this morning. It's not by might, it's not by power, but it is by my spirit. Notice what God says. I have found a man after mine own heart. Hallelujah. See, there's some things that God says to you and I that are sometimes frightening, that that they don't make sense, that we're almost reluctant to receive it or that we don't feel qualified to receive it. But it is a faith thing. It goes back to you and I possessing the mustard seed. Hallelujah. Remember, I said a few moments ago that where there is no hope, faith has nothing to do. All right. Stay with me. I promise I'm I'm trying to hustle and hurry, but I'm going to dump a lot on you in the next few minutes. So where, 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 where there is no hope, faith has nothing to do. Let let me put it this way where there is no hope, or let me say it where there is no esteem. Faith has nothing to do. Oh, yes, it is. Watch. I'm about to give you something that's going to help you. Remember the Bible, it said in Hebrews 11, faith is the substance of things hoped for. Faith is the substance of the things hoped for. Remember I said hope, or let's say, or what, what means esteem, where there is no hope with, or where there is no esteem, faith has nothing to do. See, when you and I have some low self-esteem, low, when you have low esteem for your life, faith's hands are tied. Oh, that's better than you, you, you're sounding right now. Did you hear me? When you have low esteem, when you have low self-esteem, faith's hands are tied. That's what the word is trying to say. That, that faith is the substance of things hoped for. My God. So if I was the enemy and I couldn't stop faith from being true, you, this is what you need to understand. This is about faith. A lot of times we'll say, All oh, the enemy is attacking my faith. No, the enemy is attacking your hope. The enemy can't operate in faith. That's why I've been quoting over and over again. For it is not by might, not by power, but by my. Are you starting to see something? In order for you and I to operate out of faith, it is in and done by the Spirit of God. The enemy he, he he can't understand faith. Faith. Remember, I said faith just is. It always was all through scripture, we see faith just was. And so if I was the enemy and I wanted to attack you and I couldn't touch your faith, oh, hallelujah, and I couldn't stop faith from being true, then what I need to do is kill your hope. And so how how does the enemy kill your hope? Oh, and sometimes haters and people do it too. I'll get there. All right. So if I was the enemy and I want to 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 hinder your faith, if I'm the enemy, I want to stop this church from believing all the words, even what you shared Tuesday night from being true. And I want to stop us right in our tracks from doing all that we're needing to do. And I want to stop the families and, and and people from believing in this region for what God has promised. If I was the enemy and I couldn't stop faith from being true, I would kill your hope. And I do that by showing you what you are not. How many times does the enemy say, oh, you don't do that, you can't do that. When a word comes forth and you you think, oh, I can't do that, I don't have the education, I could never preach, I barely passed middle school. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We'll say all kinds of things, oh, I can't teach children, God, I'm not a good reader. The enemy starts planning in your mind things to squash your hope, to make you believe that you are unqualified. So it's not that you have a faith issue right there, it's that you have a hope issue. He immediately attacks your esteem. Boy, that's good for somebody. Or maybe I'm too old, Lois. I'm too old to do anything. Or maybe sometimes we just feel like we're too poor or too young or all of those things, all right? So if the enemy kills your hope, Faith has nothing to work with. Oh my god, that's good. If the enemy kills your hope, now faith has nothing to work with. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. So in order for you to, to your faith to operate, you've got to have some esteem. You gotta be able to believe that what God is saying about you and what God has said in His Word is about you. You gotta be able to believe that when He said in His, in the Word of God that you are the apple of His eye, you are. I don't care if they left you or abandoned you or they don't like you or you got more haters than you have lovers. If God says that you are the apple of His eye, it doesn't matter what anybody else says. And He said that about you. Oh, yes. You're the next best thing since sliced bread, since squeezed butter, since Ruffles potato chips. Amen. Is somebody hearing me? That's what he's saying when he calls you the apple of his eye, that you, you make his day. Every day you wake up and open your eyes and your feet hit the floor. He says, there's my, there's my son. Are you hearing me? He's excited to see you. And you've got to know what it is that God has said about you. And so the enemy is trying to attack your hope. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Oh, thank you, Jesus. The things hoped for. The worst people in the world that you and I ever have to preach to is people who have no hope. People who have the belief, well, I guess this is as good as it's going to get. Let me lay hands on you. Hallelujah. Right. I'm telling you, when we start feeling like situations are hopeless, the enemy attacks your hope. It's hard to encourage people who have no hope or who have no esteem. And so the enemy attacks that to to attack your esteem. Hallelujah. And so what ends up happening is we uh, we become comfortable with mediocrity. With just getting by. Oh, come on. Stop telling on yourself, church. We get comfortable with just barely getting by. We get comfortable having to live paycheck to paycheck. Because we can't dare believe that what God said in his word could be for me. No, that's only for the mega church. Oh, no, that's only for the TV celebrities. I mean, come on, that, that, that's the idea that we have in our head, that we're somehow, we, how could we ever ask people to to, 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 to how could we ever believe that God's gonna give us that kind of uh, finances or that kind of blessing or that kind of apple? Or how could God ever spend a, send a spouse like that into my life? That's only for people like them. But no, remember I said God brought, the whole, this whole word of faith is that it's a level playing field. It doesn't matter whether we're rich, poor, pretty or ugly. Doesn't matter whether I'm skinny or fat. It doesn't matter whether I'm white, black, Hispanic. Amen. Live in Africa, live in England. God says, nope. All you need to be able to come to me and ask of me is faith. Come on, somebody. None of the rest of it matters. All you need to have is faith because without faith, it is impossible to please God. So in order for you and I to please God and get the attention, he says, I just need you to faith the size of a mustard seed, and he'll be pleased. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. The enemy keeps trying to kill hope. Let me put it another way. When, when a man or a woman tries to kill the hope of their spouse, and it does happen through verbal abuse and all kinds of things. Because sometimes we get ourselves in abusive relationships. Oh, amen. Yes, even in the church. Oh, come on. Let's get real. Pastors beating their wives, elders, deacons. Come on. That's the reality. Come on. It's not just in Washington. I know we think all liars are in Washington, D.C., but truly there's some in the church too. Oh, come on. You should be shouting me down. It happens. Come on, because we're a messed up people who need Jesus. And so we have issues and we have problems. I'm not condoning and I'm saying it happens. All right. So we got to settle the fact and not be shocked when we find out that it is happening. Hallelujah. But the first thing that, that a man or a woman does in an abusive relationship is what they try to do is cut off somebody's hope. It's the same tactic as the enemy. That's why, that's, why, that's why men and women that are trying to demean or, or to abuse us, they'll, they'll, they'll try to cut you and I off from talking to people. They'll try to cut you off from talking to family or, or tell you things like, you just, you're so dumb. Nobody will ever love you like me. Go ahead and try to find somebody nobody's ever going to put up with you the way I put up with you. What are they doing? They're killing your esteem. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's hard to have faith to get out of that relationship if they've killed your hope. So every person that's never been in a relationship and you've had the audacity to say, I don't know why they stay. In other words, God's saying, shut your mouth. Faith Is the substance of things hoped for. Are you hearing me? I'm trying to be nice. Sometimes we can become judgmental, not trying to, we can't figure out why people are staying in situations where it's not fun, it's not healthy, why they're being abused and put down. It's because they have destroyed their hope and faith is the substance of things hoped for. Oh God, that's good. That's real good. Some of you are gonna get the, the help you need to get out. Some of you are going to get the help. You need to distance yourself from friends that are killing your esteem. People that are always bringing you bad news. You know, like the bad news bears or something, you know. They're just always bringing it's not just ABC, CNN and Fox News and all of them. They're bringing us the bad news. There are some bad news people in your life. Facebook is like that. Sometimes I just have to go, go shut that thing down because I can't handle what is going on, what it's bringing into my life. Hallelujah. Trying to kill my hope so that then I can't operate in faith. Hallelujah. Glory to God. The enemy tries to kill our hope. People try to kill our hope. You and I need to be able to stand up against people like that trying to kill our hope. Hey, people can think what they want. If someone has said to you or ever says to to you, you'll never be anything. Nobody will ever love you like him. You're just so dumb. If they try to beat you down and kill your hope, let them think it. You ain't going to change their mind. That's what they believe. That's what they believe probably about you. But you can't believe it. You've got to be able to tap into and get a hold of your hope. And you need to be able to tell them what it is that you think. Amen. You can tell them you can believe that about me if you want. I don't care. But I am worth something. Hallelujah. Amen. Someone is going to love me. Hey, you might think I'm ugly. But hey, you chose me. But I am beautiful. Come on, somebody. Uh, But I'm beautiful. I am not worthless. Amen. You need to be able to look back at them and say, this is what I think. Because the Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so he is. Amen. So don't let anybody, don't let anybody kill your hope. Because the minute they start attacking your hope, what they're really doing is stifling and and handcuffing your faith. And so then you're wondering why you're praying and things aren't happening. Oh, because they're at the very root of it. They've killed your hope and, and faith cannot, cannot operate without being connected to hope. Amen. You've got to be able to have your hope. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Are you still with me? Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Hallelujah. Because in the day that you and I lose our hope, that's when we lose uh, our ability to really enjoy life. So the devil isn't after your faith. He's after your hope. Your hope that things could get better. Your hope that things are going to turn around. Your hope that things, that the best is yet to come. Your hope that God has more for you. Amen. Hope that all things are possible to him that believe. Hallelujah. The enemy will always try to let someone bring you that bad news. I, I always teach leadership this. And for anybody who is going into leadership or wants to be in leadership here, you'll find it out real quick. When someone brings me, if, if you want to make me mad, bring me a problem without a solution. I know you're not cut out for the job then. Oh, it got quiet. Because if you're going to be a leader here, you're going to bring me the problem, but then you're going to bring me a solution with that problem. Oh, yes. That's leadership. Don't just tell me what's wrong and put it in my lap and expect me to fix it. Bring me the problem, make me aware, and then give me some options For solutions. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Because I can't handle just bad news. Don't come at me. In other words, don't come at me trying to attack my hope without saying, here's the problem, but here's what we can do. Thank you, Jesus. Are you hearing me? Because otherwise you're just, you're just a hope assassin. Some of you follow me. Some of you have assassins like that in your life. They're just out to take out your hope. That you, that you, 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 and I leave church feeling good, believing that all things are possible. Amen. To, to to him who believe, we leave church and then we get some bad news. We find out about a problem without without any offers of solutions, and it'll just cause you to to lose everything that you just got and start operating in the flesh. Amen. Start start just not operating in the position of faith. Hallelujah. But we've got to be able to, to stay in a position of faith. And by, to, in order to do that, we cannot lose our hope. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidences of things not seen. I don't have time to cover evidence, but it means as a, a sort of admitted into court. Hallelujah. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidences of, of things not seen. And by uh, the elders obtained a good report. I got to hit this quick. The elders were not good, but it says, by it, the elders obtained a good report. They had some stuff wrong in their life, but they were able to obtain a good report because of faith. Let me put it another way. Abraham believed God, and the Bible says that when he, because he believed God, it was counted unto him as righteousness. Now, Abraham wasn't a bad man, but he wasn't righteous. I don't have time to go into all the details. So he wasn't awful, but he wasn't righteous. But the Bible says that because he believed God, it was counted unto him as righteous. Oh, God, help me to make this, this point, would you? Let me, let me say it another way. Uh, Lois is the accountant for the church, and, 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 and I'm, I'm meticulous about financial things, and I come from a financial background, so, you know, things have to be. And if you ever go, uh, if you ever get audited by the IRS, things have to be. And if you move money from one account to this account, and you try to count it in that account originally without ever counting it over the IRS is going to smack your finger and say, no, you're not allowed to do that. Are you hearing me? Because it has to be accounted for. It's very, there's strict rules for accounting, right? Everything has to balance out. What is interesting about this text is that the Bible says, or or about what I'm referencing with Abraham, the Bible says that Abraham believed and it was counted as righteousness. In other words, He had some things wrong in his life, but because he believed, God says, I'm going to count that as righteousness. In other words, you didn't make a deposit in that account, but God's saying, I'm going to count it as a deposit in that account. Are you hearing me? Because you believed. Maybe I need to lay it out for you another way. He wasn't righteous, but God marked him as righteous because he had faith. Let, Let me make it even more plain. Faith is like food stamps. Are you you all kidding me? I know you're waiting for the explanation. I said faith is like food stamps. In fact, would you say that with me so you'll remember that? Say faith is like food stamps. Thank you. Some of you are still with me. Faith is like food stamps. Yes, it is. Because when you and I are using, if you got to use food stamps, you have no money but they'll take it like money. If you're following me, you might start catching on. See, it don't matter what, whether you possess an Amex card or an EBT card. You can have a Visa check card or your Capital One credit card, or you can have food stamps. It don't matter. When you and I stroll up into Giant Eagle or Audi or Walmart or anything, I can fill my cart, whether I'm carrying an Amex or I'm carrying food stamps. And when I get to the checkout counter, I can fill my cart with whatever it is that I want. And if I have an Amex card, I can swipe it. If I have my food stamp card, I can swipe it. And it doesn't make any difference to Giant Eagle. Oh, you better start catching on. It doesn't make any difference to a Giant Eagle, Walmart, Shop and Save, Aldi's, wherever it is that you like to go. It doesn't make any difference what you're paying for. They're going to accept it as cash just the same. Are you hearing me? That's why I said faith is like food stamps. When, when, when Abraham, because he had faith, God says, I, because of your faith, I'll count it as righteousness. You're not, you're not, you're not righteous, but I'm going to count it as it. Are, are you following what I'm saying? Are you getting my analogy? My faith is like food stamps. I don't have everything perfect in my life, but God says, if you have faith, I'll count it. I'm going to count it as righteousness. He's saying, you you, you don't have to have it. It don't matter, Adam, whether your Amex card is has a lot on it or it's full or whatever. doesn't matter how many cards you got in your wallet. When you come to me, you're all coming as a, a common denominator. Amen. But he says, all that you need is faith. I can go into the grocery store and I can fill up my card and I can check out just like the person who is is, is paying with a Capital One credit card, and I can do it with a, a EBT card. It does not matter. The, the grocery, store is going to receive it as cash. That's why I said faith is like food stamps. Maybe y'all need to start getting a, 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 a looking at faith differently. Like it's not something that's unattain, unattainable. You got to understand that God is really a bookkeeper. That's why God was saying, Hey, to, to Abraham, Hey, because, uh, uh, because you have faith, I'm going to count it as righteousness. He counted it as righteousness. Hallelujah. He counted it as righteousness. Hallelujah! It goes on to say, "Through faith we understand. Through faith we understand. Faith is the truth I stand under." Sister, will you turn that on for me? Did you hear me? Faith. What what the word faith here means? The truth I stand under. It says so. So the truth I stand under is my covering. Through faith we understand. The truth that I stand under, it is my covering. Through faith, we understand that the worlds, watch this, you you Tuesday night crew, watch this. You were in on that teaching the other night. Through faith, we understand that the worlds, watch this, worlds is not not the the same word as we see in in Genesis in creation. This is is a different Greek word that's used, which, which means ages. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God. Through faith, we understand the truth I stand under. Helps me to understand that the age, that, that since the ages, I was framed in, I'm laying this out like this because I want you to catch this. Through faith, we understand that the ages We're hemmed in by the word of God. In other words, what Hebrews 11 is saying is my future is on rock. It's hemmed in. How many of you lose sleep about what could happen tomorrow? About what you're facing to deal with this week? Oh, come on. Church people, we lose sleep all the time. Text messages in the middle of the night. Your Facebook post in the middle of the night. Somebody up, pray. We're losing sleep worrying about something we're trying to control and put our hand to. And yet Hebrews 11 says, through faith we understand the truth that I stand under, which is my covering, is that the ages were framed in by the Word of God. In other words, he's saying that your tomorrow is settled. Your tomorrow is hedged in. Remember when when, when God said to, to Satan, he said, Go. You, you can go get Job. And and, 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 and and you can. You can have him. You can mess with him. And Satan comes back to God and he says, But but I can't. Because you have a, a what? a hedge around him. And so he said, you have to remove the hedge. See, some of us are worried about tomorrow, but and you've forgotten that you have a hedge that's around you. That's why the Word of God says through faith, the worlds, through faith, the, 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 the worlds were formed, were framed in, were framed in by the Word of God. Satan said, nope, I, I, I can't because you got a hedge around him. In other words, you need to understand that he cannot affect your future because God has a hedge around you. He's got a hedge around you. So it, 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 through faith, we understand that the eons were framed in by the word of God. My tomorrow is already fixed. I don't need to be, stay up worrying tonight about something I can't control. My tomorrow is already fixed. Hebrews 11 says he framed me in the enemy is trying to attack your hope to hinder your faith so that you'll lose sleep and you'll lose your rest and your peace. And so he does that by simply attacking your hope, playing in your mind all the possibilities of what could go on, what might happen, what happens if this turns out that way. And if it goes the wrong way, then it doesn't go exactly how. And so you're trying to have faith, but you can't have faith because you don't have hope. He's attacked your hope. He's attacked your esteem. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Through faith, we understand that the ages were framed in by the word of God so that the things which appear, which were made, so that the things which do appear were not made from things which do appear. I'm going to skip over that. Maybe on Tuesday night, I'll, I'll give that to you. Because I started with that right there. That everything that you and I can touch started from things that we do which do not appear. It starts with an idea. That's why I said he tries to attack your mind. The enemy knows the enemy knows that if he can attack your mind, then you don't have the mind to be able to come up with an idea to create. Are you hearing me? This shirt I'm wearing, it started from an idea. They picked the fabric to use for this based on the idea they had. The fabric wasn't, they, they, they chose the fabric based on the idea. That's why everything that you and I can touch, that's tangible, it all begins with an idea. That's why, th- that's why it says that things which are seen were not made from things that are seen. They were made from an idea. The enemies are trying to attack your hope to limit your ideas, to limit your creative ability. There, are, there is a business in you. But the enemy has limited your creative ability. He has infiltrated your mind so much and you allow him to that you think small, that you think little, that you have little esteem. Is somebody hearing me? That's why where the mind goes, the man goes. He says, so if I attack their hope, I'll keep them little. I'll limit their ability to have faith, to believe God for anything. I can't stop faith because, see, the devil can't stop faith because he doesn't understand faith. Because not by might, not by power, but by my spirit. It's a spiritual thing. He said, I can't stop faith, but I can attack their hope. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Impossible to please God. So faith, how do I get it? How do I get it? Give me five minutes, I'm closing. How do I get it? Faith, it is impossible to please God. So then then preacher, just tell me how do I get faith? The Bible's clear. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So if I'm gonna have faith, I have to protect what I hear. I have to be able to shut down all external and internal voices because it creates a belief system that either cancels out my blessings or grows my blessings. See, you got you to be able to be disciplined enough to, to, to be careful what you're letting yourself hear. See, in other words, he's saying, if, if you and I are sick in our si- system, we're going to be sick in our substance. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. So if my hope is sick, My faith is sick. Some of you getting something. I see some of you taking notes. Hallelujah. If I'm sick in my system, I will be sick in my substance. That's why we can come into church. We can sense his presence. We can sense an outpouring of the Spirit. He'll pour out like he has over these last number of weeks. Pour out, pour out, pour out, pour out. And then it's like, what happened? You're sick. sick the enemy has attacked our hope and our mind so much that we can sense it we can feel the presence of God and it's easy to to get a little bit of faith in an atmosphere like that but the minute that we leave out from this place we're being inundated with things that that are not the word of God that are attacking my faith by killing my hope hallelujah killing my hope because if I'm sick in the way I think, I'll be sick in my results. And the enemy is trying to pervert your, your results by messing up the way that you're thinking right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And, and it, co- it causes some of us to build, to start building for our future based on what happened in our past. And you can't build for your future based on what happened to you in your past. You got to be able to let go of whatever happened and whoever did it and how it went down. And you got to start building for your future, not entertaining at all what happened and who they were and how it went down. Hallelujah. Remember, I said that the title of this message is Bring Your Bucket. I gave you half, less than half of what I intend to give to you, but I got to get to this part so I can close. Because I brought my bucket. Best part, probably right here. We've been doing and talking about faith over the last number of weeks. Faith the size of a mustard seed that you could say to this mountain, move, and it will move from here to there. How, do you, how many of you remember the story of Jesus when he met the woman at the well? And when he strolls up on the woman at the well, he says, woman, get me something to drink. And the woman says something. She says, if you really wanted water, why did you come to the well without something to draw with? Oh... Watch this. If you don't have faith, you don't have nothing to draw with. The bucket, you know, I know there's some of y'all. They would use the bucket, lower it into the well. Lois, you're old enough to remember those days when she would walk out and get water out of the well with a bucket, bring it up, carry it in the house, carry it to the pigeons and the chickens and whatever else they had. Jesus strolled up on that woman that day and said, woman, get me something to drink. And she said, well, if you wanted a drink, it's like how you ladies say to your husband, well, there's glasses in the cupboard and you got legs, get up and get it. It's like you want to drink a water and you got no cups or glasses in the house. So you got to go over to the spigot and She said to Jesus, she said, well, if you wanted to drink of water, why would you come to the well that has the water, but didn't bring anything to put it in? In other words, if you don't have faith, you and I've got nothing to draw with. That woman was right in exactly what she said. She said, who sits by the well with nothing to draw with? Let me put it to you in a way that will help you understand this word today. Who comes to church? But if you don't have faith, you have nothing to draw with. You know how many times we come into the house of God? You come in and you sit on the edge of a miracle working well. And you didn't bring your bucket. Sunday after Sunday, Tuesday after Tuesday. I mean, it's, it's an epidemic in the Church of America. Because as long as we got the cool atmosphere and turn the lights out and we can make it look like a club and the preacher's dress tip and all of those things and we all got on our church outfits and whatever, 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 and we've made it cool and it's fun and it's nice. You know, I can come without a bucket. I don't need it because I'm just blending in. Jesus strolls up on her and she said, how do you expect him to get a drink of water, but you have nothing to draw with? And yet we do the very same thing. That is the same example. When we stroll upon the well, we come into the house of God. We come into a place with miracle working power and nothing to get it with. No bucket to receive it with. We come without our faith. We come into the house of God and man, people will go to church they will be sitting in the presence of a miracle-working God and then we'll scroll Facebook or Instagram or Twitter. You say, how you know? Because about the time I get out of church and go home, I see so-and-so posted at I, are you for real? I was preaching. I was preaching about that time. But I've just settled in myself. Hey, Adam, you can't make them drink. If they come with nothing to draw with, they're going to sit by the well and they're comfortable sitting at the well. Doesn't matter how thirsty they are. They didn't bring anything to draw with. Church, you're sitting by a well. You're sitting in the presence of a miracle and you have nothing to draw with in your mind. It's somewhere else. We don't have anything to draw with. Listen, it's not because there's no water in the well. Oh, there's water in the well. It's simply because you came with nothing to draw with. And I've been in services that have blessed me I've been in services. I leave on Sunday morning. Y'all see, I sweat clear through my suit coat during worship. Take him to the dry cleaner, and they say, "My God, every suit you bring in." Yeah. Finally, the lady said to me the other week. She said, "What is it you do?" I've been meaning to ask. I said, "I'm a preacher." She said, "What?" I said, "I'm a preacher." She said, "Well, how do you get?" To? I said, "I sweat." Before I ever even get to preach, I sweat myself out of my clothes and that's why it gets all messed up like this. Why do I sweat like that? I know some people think, oh, that's just nuts and crazy. You know why? Because I brought my bucket. I brought something to draw with. Some of you, you wouldn't know what it's like to break a sweat in the presence of God because you didn't bring anything to draw with. We didn't bring anything to draw with. I've been in service, I've, I've left wet and other people have left so dry. Y- you do realize how much your faith, how much faith possesses control. Watch this. I've tried to explain to people that your level of faith even controls my message. I said a few weeks ago, most of the places I get asked to go preach, I say no to. That's why because they don't possess a level of faith to even receive what I'm going to say. So why am I going to go get a check for bringing the word and leave and watch a bunch of dry people come in dry and leave dry, yet they were at the well right there? No. No. Not going to do it. Not going to do it. It is your faith that draws the preacher out of me. People say, oh, preacher was on fire today. That's because of your faith. It is your faith that puts a demand on the anointing. There's even certain people that can draw the anointing out of you. That's why you get around certain people, things start bubbling up, and then you get around others, and it'll cause some other things to bubble up, and it's not the anointing. They irritate you. They anger you. Oh yeah, come on! I got some people like that in my life. It is not the... You know, I'm like, how how is it, devil? I rebuke you. You are not gonna make me look like a fool today. But you get around people that are hungry in the spirit, who know what it is to come to a well and have something to draw with. They'll 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 cause what's in you to come bubbling. It's bubbling. It's bubbling. It's bubbling in my soul. And so the person who makes it start to bubble battle you, they got to get their bucket because they're about to receive from you. Amen. Hallelujah. So when you make a demand on the, the anointing, whatever I'm preaching, it'll show up in a greater way. That's what I'm trying to say to you. I, I, I got to quit. Let me, let, me, let me put it this way. Inside every man and woman, in this room is another man or woman. When people come to me for counseling, first couple weeks, it's all about everything that's wrong in that marriage. The husband will tell me all the things and how critical his wife is and how miserable she is to live with. And the wife will do the same. And I'll tell them usually by week three or four, In a few weeks, I'm going to introduce you to the wife and I'm going to introduce you to the husband that you've never met. Because my job is to teach them to draw out of their spouse what their spouse is incapable of doing. Let me tell every person in here, if you don't learn how to draw out of your spouse who God created them to be, someone else will. And you're going to meet them when they're with someone else. My God, there's someone else. There's another man inside every husband. There's another wife inside every woman. I'm going to challenge you just as much as I said, faith draws the anointing out of me when I'm preaching. It'll bring the word out. I'm telling you, faith will do the same thing for your marriage, for your relationships. But what has kept that from happening is the enemy has attacked the hope. He attacked the hope. And so we stop trying to pull out that person. We do it in friends, we do it in church, we do it in a lot of things. There is another person inside of you. that you need to get acquainted with, that God wants to bring up out of you, that your hope has been destroyed. It may have been limited, but God is trying to introduce you to that person that's inside of you that we've been preaching about, that faith is trying to evolve in you, that it's trying to to bring about on the inside of you. He's trying to bring that up. That's why the Bible says, Behold, you are a new creation in Christ. He needs you to understand there is there is one on the inside of you. He is trying to bring about so you can understand the fullness of who he is: faith. That's why we shouldn't just bring our bucket to church to receive. You need to bring your bucket in your marriage to receive. Husbands should be able to receive from their wives, and wives should be able to receive from their husbands. Somebody needs to hear me. Bring your bucket. Do not come into the atmosphere of a miracle-working God without something to receive from, without something to draw from. Some of you have come into this place today without anything to receive from God from, and and that was your mistake. Stand to your feet in this place. I have to stop there or they're going to kill me downstairs. Glory to God. There's a lot of ways I could close, but I want to close very simply. You might not have brought a bucket, but you can still draw. You can still draw because you are the vessel. How many times we, pray, we sing the song, Fill Me Up, I want to run over, Lord. You and I are at the well, and we're not going to be a spectator, but we need to be a participator. I want, if you were able in this place, whether you can stretch your hands out or lift them up, will you lift your hands, stretch them out? We are going to draw from the well. We're going to present our buckets before the Lord right now in this place. Mighty God that you are. Mighty God that you are. Increase your presence in this room today. Father, we've come into church many times with nothing to draw with. Sometimes weeks and months and sometimes God, even years go by and we don't have a bucket. We don't have nothing to, to put into the well to receive. Yet we ask of you, but we have nothing to put it in. We. We didn't have the, 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 the faith to receive it. We didn't have the ability to receive it. God, we, we've come, God, and, and we went through the motions and, and looked like we had faith. But really, I didn't have hope. And since I didn't have hope, you, your faith, the faith I had, had nothing to work with. And so, God, today, we simply just stretching ourselves before you. Placing myself in your presence. Placing myself in your midst and just saying, God, here I am. God, I've come into your presence with no, no bucket to draw with. I've come into your presence with hope and faith shattered. I thought I was believing, but God, i finding out I wasn't believing because I didn't have my hope. But Father, I lay myself down before you today. God, we lay ourselves at your feet today. And God, we present ourselves before you that God we we say Lord we're here to receive father we're here to receive and allow our hope to be restored that Lord to allow our mind to be restored in the name of Jesus that your word declares that it is with the mind that we serve the Lord and so father every way in which our mind has been attacked every way in which our self-esteem and our esteem has been attacked we, we we just thank you God today we receive healing in the name of Jesus. God, we might not be wealthy like somebody else. God, I might not have the education like other preachers. And and God, we may not drive cars that look like somebody else's. But, 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 My hope is in the Lord. And so God, if we have to pull up beside of family members who drive in an $80,000 car and ours has got bald tires and Rust spots. My hope is in the Lord. And I'm going to believe your word. I'm going to believe your promises. Now more than ever, because I've got my hope. Today, Father, we serve notice to the enemy that my hope's coming back. My hope is being built back up that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, that, 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 that my faith has been out of order. My, my devil, my faith may not have been working, but right now, the reason the enemy has resisted me in this word is because the enemy does not want you to get your hope. He does not want you because it is the arm that is gonna connect to your faith and it has the ability to reach out and receive what God is dropping right now, what he is releasing from the heavens, Church, I told you Tuesday night that there's a war that always goes on in the second heaven between the demonic and the angelic and that what prayer is is you and I just reaching up and pulling it down. This message this morning links that. The reason that some of you were praying and asking of things that God already said you could have that you weren't possessing was because your hope, your hope didn't let you reach up. It was faith that you were speaking it by, but your faith had nothing to work on work with. So your hope today that is being restored allows you to reach up and pull down what God has released. Every word, every promise that his His word has spoken over you, I release over your life in the name of Jesus. Every, every word in the name of Jesus. I, some of you just need to receive it right now. Every word I don't care whether it's deep inner trauma and hurt. Let him heal that right now in the name of Jesus. Just just pull that down. Pull that down because he already said it. His word will not return void. Every word that, that was ever spoken over you that says that it is by your, his stripes that you and I are healed. You you, you thought you had the faith, but you, you lacked the hope to receive it. So right now in the name of Jesus, we receive healing, internal healing. We, re, we receive healing in our mind. We receive healing in our spirit down into the very soul of people that has been wounded right now in the name of Jesus. God, we even receive your word that says that you desire above all that we have health and prosper. Father, there are people in this place that did not believe that you've called them to prosper, but the devil is a liar. Father, I speak prosperity in their relationships over their family. I speak prosperity in their homes. God, I thank you that your word says that you're gonna give them homes they did not build and vineyards they did not plant. God, you're gonna give them witty inventions and brand new ideas. God, there are creative people in this place that God, let the creative part of who they are begin to flow again because you're restoring hope. Yeah, I know, I know. They they tried to destroy it i know other people told you you were dumb that you were talentless i I know what they said but they were a devil and so what god has said is that you are the apple of his eye and god is giving you your hope today your hope to reach out and take it possess whatever it is that you believe in god remember i said moments ago that god wants to do things that are that that don't make sense things that are mind-blowing everything that god has given this church everything. The other church behind us, the houses, the empty properties around this area, the the school, the 10 acres of property, all those things, it didn't make sense. God wants to bless you in ways that don't make sense. You need to have the hope and the faith to receive it, that He wants to bless you in that kind of way, where He'll be more than enough for you. So Father, we receive it now. We receive every promise that you've spoken. We receive every word that you've ever laid out over us. God, that your word has spoken over us. We receive it and call it to be ours in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. We receive our hope. and We receive our faith in Jesus, your mighty name. Now, Father, we're going to bless lunch. We thank you, God, for times of fellowship. We thank you, God, for everybody who's a part of it today. God, we thank you for the people that are even missing today. God, we love them. We lift them before heaven today. God, bless the fellowship and the time and food downstairs in the name of Jesus. And God, on our way out today, we're going to give to your kingdom. And God, now more than ever, Lord, as we give, I pray that you would multiply it back. God, as we give today, we don't just have the faith believing that you'll multiply it, but Lord, we have the hope. So every delayed financial blessing that has been held up i thank you god because we received our hope now i have my bucket to receive my hope was my bucket and now that i've got my bucket i have something to receive it with so god i thank you in the name of jesus that every held up financial blessing would be released to your people In the name of Jesus, right now as they give and we give you glory, honor, and praise in Jesus, your precious name. Amen. Amen.